Hello everybody, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where the fans have their say on their club. And a tale of two results this week. A win, yay, and a defeat, not so yay. Um, I'm joined by the Game Day regulars and also a man making his return and also a Davidson. It's good old Ben. He's going to go over, I'm going to go over to him first to get his thoughts on recapping the Blackpool win. Positivity there, but then a lot of negativity going into the posh defeat. Uh, another defeat against the top 10 side, top 7 sides. I don't know anymore. We just keep losing against teams who are up there. Uh, ben, take it away. Uh, a win and a defeat. Two very different results. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for uh, that fantastic welcome, Ross. Hello to everybody else. Um, starting off with a positive, so let's talk about Blackpool. Uh, it was completely different to the Peterborough game, obviously. I think uh, no idiot, and uh, even an idiot could have seen that. Look, the Blackpool game was two attacking fullbacks, a team that looked relatively coherent. Um, you know, we managed to pass to each other, move the ball quickly. I think it was a slow start. You know, the first sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, wasn't really much in it. I was thinking this could go either way, but Judge's goal just for half-time, you know, fantastic strike. You know, he's definitely got it in him. You know, we've seen it for his, um, you know, previous career. Obviously, before he arrived at town, he was a very good footballer. You know, everyone said, would he ever recover from that terrible leg break? We know, obviously, Luke Hyam's part in that. Um, it's probably one of the best things he's done at that town shirt, apart from those couple of goals last year against, I think, Burton at home it was. Um he just, um, yeah, changed the game with that strike in the second half. We should have won by more. You know, 2-0, we were comfortable. Good goal by Wolfie. We actually scored from a set piece, something that we haven't been able to do all season, pretty much. Um, so we go ahead, you know, everyone thinking, well, are there those green shoots that Marcus Evans had been talking about? You know, we had the new signings came in straight away and looked, well, looked the part, didn't they? You know, Matheson with his energy down the right. Ken Locke, you know, previous form wasn't so good. I don't think any of us were 100% sure about him being in the team, but he certainly proved his worth over those couple of performances, um, obviously showing again in Black against Blackpool. Uh, and we went, I think we went forward to, to uh, Tuesday night against Peterborough, feeling really, well, not ultra positive. I don't think we're all ultra positive, but I think, I think we thought, well, we could get something here. And then, you know, moving on to um, the Peterborough game, the changes, you know, I can understand them. I know we're going to probably touch on it more later, um, but, the, you know, the performance just wasn't there. It was just almost back to type. You know, we're playing a top seven, top ten side where almost like we've got this complete brain freeze where we don't know what to do. We, we Almost like we're intimidated. You know, we got, I mean, we, no excuses either with that. We went one up. Great start. Can't ask for more. But the longer the game went on, really from 10, 15 minutes, we, did, we didn't look in it and, you know, by the end of it, I just wanted it to end. It was like watching a terrible, terrible movie that you're forced to watch with your eyes open over and over again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm sure there's going to be other debates that's going to come up um, discussing the moments in the game. Um, next up is a man making his return. Thank you as well, Ben, um, for your take on the two games. But yes, Tom is making his return. We've had there's so many Toms on this show. Um, it's not Tom Baines, it's Tom Bloomfield. Um, Tom, thank you for joining us. Um, your thoughts on the two games, uh, title two games indeed. Uh, take away, my friend. Welcome back to the show. 
Should we, should we just go with bloomers from now on? Because that's pretty much yeah. everything on Twitter. And I can differentiate myself between 857 other Toms. Yes. Um, which will make your job a lot easier. Uh, and everyone else. All right. Um, it's interesting, uh, Ben said, about a, a movie that he's seen over and over again. If only there was a film that is that. Uh, oh, yeah. Groundhog Day. Uh, which is apt because I'm waking up every morning and uh, this manager is still the manager of my football club. Uh, and I've certainly seen that before. Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, Blackpool game was good. And you can't say it wasn't because it was. Um, whether it was a increase in the output of our performance or the dreck that was the opposition... Uh, I'm not quite sure because Blackpool were as bad a side as I've seen uh, this season. Now, I for the Peterborough game, I can understand Paul Lambert maybe wanting to change the side with an eye on the opposition, the conditions of the pitch and the potential weather. However, and it's a very big however, there was no clue whatsoever um, in that squad when we went a goal up and yeah, we did go a goal up. It's like a dog trying to chase its tail and then finally grabbing it and then not having a clue what to do next. We scored to go one nil up and it was unexpected because even in that early stages, we weren't exactly setting the world on fire. Um, but great. If you take a goal uh, lead away from home, it's quite normal. And if you're playing maybe a bad team, a very bad team, you can keep on the front foot, but you know, it should be ingrained into you what to do, especially with however many times we've played Peterborough, you know, uh, in the past. We've got a goal lead. We should know what to do now to try and keep that win. There was no semblance of ideas of what to do. When they equalised, it felt like it was coming. And then it just went on from there. And it got worse and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. Now, I do have quite a passionate run I might be keeping in the locker for a little bit later on because I assume we're going to touch on a few things outside of the game, namely the, the post-match shenanigans from... Uh, from the manager, dear Supreme. Um, but what I will say is it's now coming to a point where people outside of the club are understanding the mess that we're in right now. And um, if you're not sure what I'm on about, uh, for those not uh, sure what I'm on about, this afternoon, Adrian Durham, the probably best-known Peterborough fan, and that's heartbreaking for them because that's really not a lot to say, uh, was on the radio and mentioned how he'd seen uh, the game and how Ipswich uh, were, to put it in his own words, pretty much terrible and went to speak on about the club at length about how poor things are at the moment for us, how there was no semblance of leadership, how it was a dirty team. And I, I, you know what? I agree because Finn Downs was very, very, very lucky to stay on the pitch and that was one of the number of fouls that we made. Basically, outline everything that we've been saying, you guys have been saying on here for the last five, six, eight, ten, twelve infinity months. We all know what we want to happen, whether it's going to happen or not is out of our hands. But it's getting to the point where it's becoming farcical in the extreme, in that we are having Groundhog Day. And unlike Groundhog, unlike Groundhog Day, where the movie eventually does end. I haven't got a bloody clue when this one's going to end. I'll leave it there for now. Wow, that's a fantastic segue. And I didn't use this last week. I didn't use Seg's name to segue to him. So I'm going to go and segue to him now using his name. So Seg, thanks for joining us as ever. I'm sure you're going to echo 
what Ben and Bloomers said, and that is his name going forward. Because um, yeah, there's too many Toms in the world. Um, there's too many, yeah, too many Dans as well, and other names. There's not many Harveys, I don't think. So Harvey, I think you're one. A lot of Davids as well. Sorry, Dave. David. I call you Dave. I'm sorry. But um, yes, Segs. Um, as I said, what both the guys just said. Um, what's your take on the the two very different results? Um, because Peter Row one is the big talking point. But um, take away, my friend. Yeah. Um... That ball I enjoyed. Um, we didn't look too good to begin with, but then, like Ben said, Judge scored and we came into our own and we won the game. Um, it was a decent game. There's two games I've actually enjoyed. It was um, week before as well. You know, we've two enjoyable games. Matheson came in, Ken Locke as well, who had a run in the side for two games and looked pretty decent. And then we go to Peterborough. For some reason, he's taken them out. You don't change a winning side. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe he did expect for some reason Peterborough to lump it up there like that Taylor said last night. But even so, you keep to the winning side because it worked. And if you want to stand a chance of beating teams that you haven't done beforehand, you need a consistent side and it needs to carry on for you to get a chance. And he's just completely wrecked what he, the foundations that he built on Saturday, tore them apart and then just changed it for no reason. Left two fullbacks who are 35 vulnerable. and. We've lost the game because of that, really. Um, unexpected to go up early on. Um, decent ball from Holy, to be fair. It caused their defence a bit of trouble. And of course, Parrot on the end of it, headed it. They were struggling with it. And then Norwood doing what he does best and finishing it as a poacher. Um, so can't deny that. But then it just went downhill from then. Um, 15, 20 minutes, we, the diamond worked. But then they worked us out, started passing it around. And the stats don't lie. We could have had... We could have let in five, six, seven goals last night. Definitely. Um, thankfully, Holy was doing what he does as a goalkeeper. He didn't have a great performance, but the shots that he had to save, he did. So it, it kept us in it, but it just wasn't enough. Um, but after last night, and I'm probably going to rattle a few feathers by saying this, but the way I'm feeling at the moment is be careful what you wish for is completely justified. Um, we've got no no ambition as a club. We've got no passion. What, what the hell Evan sees in Lambert, I have no idea. We've got players on the pitch who don't seem to want to make mistakes themselves. Um, it's not all completely Lambert's fault, but they are making these mistakes. And we've got a manager who's a fraud. Um, he's changing the team willy-nilly, even though he said at the start of the season, he played for the shirt, played for the shirt on Saturday, and he's taken four players out who didn't deserve to be dropped. And we're just going downhill and downhill and downhill. And I don't know where it's going to stop. Um, you know, it's Groundhog Day does come to an end, like Tom said, or Bloomers as we're now calling him. But it just, I can't see an end to this at the moment. And it, it just baffles me as to why Evans just can't see what we're seeing. Why is he still keeping him here? Um, with, we're 11th. It doesn't look like any signs of improving. We've got perhaps two easier games coming up now. But... Even so, it's it's just going backwards and backwards. And the form that we're on now, we could finish low half the table as it stands. And nine out of nine losses out of the nine teams that we played at the top seven. It's just a complete joke. It's just it's just not good enough. Um, and there's no point in us getting the playoffs anyway because we won't be the top teams anyway. So this our season's done in my eyes. 
back to where we were this time last year. I mean, it's a year ago this Thursday, whenever this whenever this podcast came out, the Thursday of this week is a year ago since Wimbledon. And that was just a shit show that way that that week that, that game and cold night as well. I know it's oh, bloody cold, week. Jesus Christ! That's cold, really cold. Yeah. yeah, it's just we're in the same position as we were, even worse a year ago. And the only thing that can change that is getting rid of the man who has no clue what he's doing. He's been here too long. He's earning a living for being an imposter, basically. So. Okay then. Well, um, up next is a man I watched the Peterborough game with on Skype because he's in Scotland. I'm in Kesgrave, so yeah, we couldn't see a person and also lockdown. Uh, but yeah, it is good old Liam. Um, yeah, two very different results. I'm sure you're going to echo what the guys, uh, the three guys, have said so far. What's your take on everything? And uh, we watched it together, the Peterborough game, and oh dearie me, we thought it was going so well. The first six minutes were like we've just scored. Like, how is this happening? And then, yeah, the rest is, yeah, as you say, it's history. And, oh, dear, oh, dearie me, go ahead. Well, first of all, I don't know how you're feeling because you actually missed the goal. So, uh, yeah, you yeah. actually missed the best part. <laughs> it didn't get much better after that. Um, the point I would make is um, square pegs in round holes. Um, we, we looked on Saturday and we had none of that. We, we had a team that look youthful, vibrant. Okay, first 40 minutes was a little bit scratchy, but we got through it. We didn't concede, even though Blackpool should have probably scored at least once. Um, and as soon as we got ahead, we actually looked really good. And I said this to you on um, the Monday recap, that I think that was our best performance of the season so far, that 45 minutes, because we created so many chances and yes it's Blackpool they're not that great but you can only beat what's in front of you and and actually town for once looked like they were actually going to show their muscle um and it it was a a great result roll on 48 to 72 hours later and uh I, I I was pretty angry um I said to you but I don't want to see Chambers or Ward back in the side now unless it's for an injury or even Chambers maybe covering at centre-half. To play both of them when Matheson has only played one game and Kenlock has played two really good performances, didn't play in midweek last week, so he had a full break between the two games. This was not the game that we should have been looking to rotate. I do understand rotation going forward with the amount of games, but this wasn't the game. And the fact is, Matheson and Kenlock should have started. That was the biggest thing for me. The formation, though, we've talked about the formation. We've said we wanted two up front. We've, we've banged on about 4-4-2. For me, I don't think this was the game for 4-4-2. I think if, if it had been different on Saturday, maybe it would have been. But the fact is, he got the 4-3-3 finally working with the two energetic fullbacks, Judge playing in the 10, and it worked. It looked, real, it looked good. And then all of a sudden, he goes to Peterborough and he pulls out a, a rabbit out of the hat like that. And... Yes, it took Peterborough by surprise and probably helped with the goal to start with. But 
we had no energy down the the wide the flanks and we need that if we're going to play a diamond we cannot have two really defensive fullbacks in a diamond you've got to have someone who's willing to push up a bit more and be able to put pressure on the forward wingers and we didn't do that and when peterborough finally got the ball down they they started dominating and it was only going to go one way um i don't blame chambers for the first goal i, I blame judge for not uh, making a better effort to block the cross um but then the defending was pretty woeful when the cross came in. Question marks over Holy. Second half, free kick. Again, clumsy foul. Holy not really done himself much good with the attempted save. Being kind there. Um, and as soon as we went behind, it's been the way that we've played all season. We do not look like scoring. And this was definitely square pegs in round holes when they went back to the 4-3-3 because all of a sudden bringing in Bishop meant Judge went out wide and he we know he's not effective there and Harrop who I thought played really well against Blackpool but the big difference was people supported him he got support the common problem we've had this season is that the lone striker usually gets isolated and that's what happened in the second half. And Peterborough dominated the game. And yeah, Holy made a couple of good saves. But frankly, I think the finishing from Peterborough could have been better. Um, but it's like every game we've played so far. They had us at arm length as soon as they got ahead. What we should have done was we should have stayed with two up front, I think. I, I know that I didn't want two up front to start with. But to go back to the 4 3 3 when it wasn't going to work, uh, it was just madness. He just brought Harrop on, and I thought, and I've been saying Harrop might make a difference. Where was he supposed to be playing when he came on? I have no idea. He's supposed to be behind Parrot and trying to give that support. He was nowhere. I, 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 it was just absolute abysmal management, and frankly, um, it, it's not going to get any better. And to answer um, Seg's question about why Ever, what Evan sees in Lambert, well, it's very simple, really. Lambert is a yes man. He is someone that Evans can control happily. He says to Lambert, Lambert will just lie down and, and roll over. That, that's all that will happen. He won't go up to Evans and demand this or demand that. It, it, we know that we need more investment. We know that we need better players. We know we need a better plan. But Lambert, Lambert won't go and demand all that. And Evans is happy and is, I think, just trying to hold it off as much as possible because they have a good relationship. And frankly, at the end of the day, that good relationship is going to cost him supporters because I can see that there will be a lot of supporters who won't be coming back uh, very quickly through the turnstiles. Well, well said there, my friend. I want to go over to David next, um, whose favourite word is wank. And, of course, Tuesday night was wank. Um, uh, David, David, David. I've got, I've got other favourite words. 
Yeah, keep, keep them to yourself though, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, I know which one you're going to think about. Definitely the one you're going to call Paul Lambert. But uh, but yeah, you know your take on the two games. Um, once again, you know a lot's been said already, but I'm always interested to know what you've got to say. I spoke to you, of course, after the Peterborough game on game day, um, but you've had time to reflect. Um, reflect. <laughs> reflect. Um, yeah, you summed it up. Wank. Um, <clears throat> Blackpool, I mean, it was one of those nip and tuck games in the first half. The second goal just took it out of them. I think that if we hadn't scored just after half time, then it might have been a different thing. Their heads dropped. There was, there was no fight from Blackpool after that. But we've seen, what, four decent performances from Judge now in... Besides the relegation headless chicken, but he had lots of enthusiasm, so we loved him because he ran around a lot. Um, generally speaking, we've seen four decent performances, and every single time it's been when he's been playing in the middle. Um, Blackpool being a case in point, but also Plymouth away. There's a couple of others. And then you, you put him back out on the wing, and he's shit again. Because, let me think, oh yeah, he's not a winger. Um, never has been. He's played as a deep-lying playmaker. He's played as an attacking playmaker. He's played in all of those things, but he's not been a winger until Lambert decided miraculously he was at 32 because pace is not important for a winger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you get the pace at the back. You've got, and I, and I think there's a question mark long-term over having such a young defence. I think that you need some experience in there. Um I think it would help either Wolf and Denor McGuinness if you had somebody to sort of calm things down and give them some direction. But um, and, I, and my first choice for that would probably be Wilson when once he's fit because I don't think Wilson's put a foot wrong. Um, he obviously said something to um, Lambert at some point because he was frozen out before he got injured. So he's presumably in the Danassian dodgy cup of tea camp now. But no, I mean. It, like everybody else has said, Blackpool, decent performance. I don't like 4-3-3. It ends up with a striker isolated. I liked Parrot, the Troy Parrot, not the Tony Parrot. Um, I liked his movement. I don't think he's a particular goal threat, but I liked his movement. I think he's a clever and I think he's an intelligent player. But I think that he doesn't, from what I've seen so far, he doesn't provide a huge goal threat, not like Norwood say does. Peterborough, though, fucking shit show from beginning to end. Um I looked at the team sheet and I went, what, what, what? Francine texted me and said, basically, what? Oscar, who doesn't normally do it, he immediately texted me and again, what on earth is that? David's daughter and son, by the way. Oscar managed to even swear. And I, this is the second time I've ever heard Oscar swear. And he's 20 this year and I've ever heard him swear twice. And that team sheet got him to do it. That's how bad it was. Besides the fact that if you've played well, and this is Lambert saying this, if you play well, you keep your place in the side. He said that. So either, besides making his head hurt, his hair hurt, sorry, COVID's rotted his brain and he's forgotten it, or he's a lying piece of shit who doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm inclined to go for the latter. So you shouldn't have changed it in the first place. And... I wonder whether we have any scouts. I know we're completely shit at finding players. You know, we can only find players who are sort of, you know, over the hill, past it, on the way down, make Jonathan Douglas look like a um, Maradona. But 
we don't seem to have scouted Peterborough. We've, we've watched Peterborough this season. We watched Peterborough last season. Does any of us on here remember Peterborough playing it long, hitting balls over the top? So we needed the, um, the big guys at the back to head all of those balls away. I've never seen Peterborough play like that. I mean, even when they got relegated from the championship, when Mick was here, they didn't play like that. That's not the way that Ferguson has his sides playing. They're used to playing on that pitch. It's been like that all season because they've had a burst water main. They're not, they're not going to be sort of going, oh, my God, the pitch is terrible. We better change, our form, change the way we play. They know how to play on it. They passed on it. We could pass on it. So if we'd have watched Peterborough at any point, we would have known that's not how they're going to play. So we change our formation to match up with a side who don't play the way we play, we're going to change our tactics to confront. That's, that, that's ludicrous. I, I just don't understand the whole concept behind that. I think the reason why we had 10 minutes of brightness in the first half is because that change of formation and the fact that we were going direct confused the living daylights out of them. They're going, what? This isn't what we watched on the video. This isn't what our scout, because we're a properly run club. And I hate to say that because I hate Peterborough. And I actually celebrated Norwood's goal because I was thinking, yes, finally we can put one over on them. That didn't go, go well, did it? I mean, but this goes to the heart of what is wrong with Lambert. We joke about substitutions coming in the 89th minute, you know, in his ridiculous comment last season that Sears needs to show in the three and a half seconds he's got on the pitch the equivalent of 90 minutes of running. Well, because that's in, that's possible, isn't it? But he doesn't change things in-game. That game was going away from us in the first half. It was drifting and drifting and drifting. We were getting further and further back. The the midfield was dropping back in front of the defence. They were getting around the back of the fullbacks because the fullbacks have got Zimmer frames. And Troy or Tony Parrott, not sure which one, was increasingly isolated. So he doesn't do anything about it. And then you've got then they've got the equaliser. But the time to change things is to tweak stuff. One of the big things of Blackball, he tweaked it. Instead of having two midfielders and then one, he went down sitting and pushed Dazelle further forward. And that was an integral part of what changed things around, I think, is the fact that you had that attack, you had less disconnect between the striker and the midfield. This game. Complete change round and then a total inability to change things in game. In the second half, where was everybody? You didn't have the goal threat. You didn't have, it was that, you know, we, we gained more of a foothold in the midfield. We didn't get overrun in quite the same way as we did in the first half, but we weren't creating anything more. And if the offside wasn't quite so kind to Peterborough yesterday, it could have been way more. I don't know there's criticism of Holy for his positioning for things like that, but equally, Holy made some decent saves in that game and kept us in it. If Holy hadn't made those saves, then it, it would have been a hell of a lot worse, even with Smodics not understanding offside. So, I mean, if I'm going to criticise somebody for the goal, it's going to be Ward, who's man-marking that player in the box, and he just sort of bent over and went, yeah, here, have a header. Uh, so you, you're standing there, sort of touching each other, and you just go, "Nah, I'm not moving. I'll, I'll just get out of the way of this one." And that—that's the problem with Ward. So often he shirks stuff 
So, I mean, it, it was shocking, but it's not surprising because you've got an idiot in charge who has no tactical awareness. You know, I, I was talking um, to Matt earlier before you came on about Football Manager and the way in which we gradually, over seasons after season, you gradually tweak, you change a role, you move somebody slightly forward, slightly back, just in-game all the time to try and get that little bit of advantage. And I'm playing a football game on a computer. Lambert's played, what, £500,000 a year to sit on his ass with a hat protecting his sore head, um, <laughs> not talking to the media because he only wants to talk about COVID or Celtic. Um, you know, and, and he doesn't, he has a com complete inability to ever influence the game. If we win, it's because the other side make a mistake we don't, or, or don't turn up like Blackpool in the second half, they just went, lost this. It's not because anything Lambert does. And that's the problem. You need somebody who's reactive, who's able to take a game, change things, and he doesn't. He's shit and he needs to go. It's wank. Okay, then. Well, I've got two more men to introduce of the Game Day Extra Dime posse, as um, Heafy quotes. Um, I'm going to leave the sweet Welsh Prince last, um, Harvey. Not, it's not a bad thing. We've said this in previous shows. Not oh, a bad thing to be the last one. You forgive me, I know, I know, I know that, I know that. Um, but I'm going to go to Matt, um, the man I normally speak to for game day. Um, how you doing, my friend? And you've you've he you've did. heard a lot, a lot have been said. Um, what, what else would you like to add on the Blackpool win, and then also the Peterborough Wankfest, as uh, David says. Peterborough Wankfest. Indeed. <laughs> um, That's a bespoke um, video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I worked in that wank fest of a city for four years when I was thin and interesting, and um, hence, hence my hence my dislike um, for a team that usually are vying with former Rushton and Diamonds, Northampton Town, and Cambridge United. But anyway, I digress as per usual. Um, yeah, it's a tale of two games really. The Blackpool game kind of filled everybody with a bit of optimism. We we played kind of almost like we know we can, players in the right position, new signings, breeding enthusiasm, intelligence and fluidity uh, into the performance. And you know what? I went into this uh, game, um, the first of many, many Tuesday games, um, with, a, with a bit of optimism. And, and like David said, I thought when Norwood scored, I actually thought we were we had a decent hold on the game and we are playing a, a new system, a system we've talked about on, on here. I'm a massive fan of the Diamond 442. Um yes, it leaves wide men redundant, but yeah, you need you need quick and uh, fullbacks with stamina, which two thirty-five year olds, yes, that's a few years younger than what I am, but you know, after after you know, not even at half time, those those poor guys at right and and, and, and left back just just, just absolutely absolutely shattered really um echo what everybody else has said you, you you don't change a winning side uh and 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 kenlock one of your favorite players for us he um he's he's looked decent you know mm -hmm. he, he's got it in his locker and i think he's a massive confidence player and he's the sort of player that probably needs an arm around him to be told you know what you did well keep it on you know keep on keeping on that kind of thing and um i don't understand resting him and and Matheson uh, against a team who are who are probably the most dangerous team in League One. Ugh, how I hate saying that. Um, for wide play, they've got tricky, skillful players. 
um, which I hate saying because I hate Peter United. And um, yeah, just just last night, oh, Lambert not turning up. I know we're going to get into that in a bit, but it's just I even put my special Ipswich Town Barcelona shirt on. I'm on Nordic headband as well because it's snowy and stuff. And it's just, ugh, where do we go from here? And we've got Shrewsbury, you know, who knows what the hell's going to happen there. But there we go. What I've wanted to say, other people have said in a far more eloquent and less tangent way. So thank you, Ross. <laughs> thank you as ever, my friend. And finally, thank you, Harvey, for your patience. Um, I can sure you're going to echo what these guys and everyone else has said. Um, thoughts on the two two results? Um, yeah, yeah. I I want to go back to Ben's very very first point where he mentioned these attacking fullbacks against um, against Blackpool, and that's been mentioned by the majority of people as well. Apparently, that works really well on a four four two diamond, but obviously, I'm not Paul Lambert, am I? So. Um, what was going through his head is 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 just who knows who knows what goes through his head. Um, in terms of the Blackpool game, I think in terms of uh, Judge, um, I've been a big critic of his this season. Um, a lot of us have, but I think you have to give him credit where it's due. Um, I thought he he influenced that game really well, uh, playing in his in his correct position. Uh, you mentioned after the game, didn't he, that he's not really a 10 anymore, he's more of an 8, he's not that kind of attacking, nippy attacking midfielder that he used to be, um, but I thought he played really well, linked the game brilliantly, um, brilliant to see two full-backs that are, that are desperate to burst forward, um, I can't remember the last time I saw that, well I can, but it was Kane Vincent Young and I feel like that was about 15 years ago, so. For me, that never happened. Exactly, so no, that was, I was really pleased with that, um, I liked the fact that um, Dezel was pushed a little bit further forward he had a bit more of an influence on the game um, and like many of us I was I was feeling quite optimistic I have to say um, going into the Peterborough game um, but when that team sheet came out it was just you know I was looking at it thinking if, if I'm Paul Lambert now what what logical reason am I am I thinking and I'm not taking the pitch bollocks I'm really not I think it's, that's absolute rubbish like I think it was David that said, Peterborough have stuck to this way of playing. They play like a three-four-one-two or a three-four-three, whatever you want to call it, and they've they've played on this pitch all season, playing the way they play. So why all of a sudden, when Lambert is so insistent on this four-three-three, that because of the pitch is a little bit muddy, thinks oh we'll, we'll scrap that and, and we'll we'll play Luke Chambers, who's a centre back, who's thirty-five at right wing back. And we'll play Stephen Ward, who has been a big issue down that left-hand side in terms of goal, goals conceded. We'll play him at left back, left wing back, with no one to, with, with no winger to come back and support him. It's just, I'm, I'm running out of, of of like words to 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 describe it. I really am. It's just at this stage, it's it's almost laughable. It really, really is. Um, Parrot, I'm I'm pleased with. I I agree with Dave. He's, he doesn't seem at the moment that kind of goal poaching kind of striker that maybe I thought he was when he came in but maybe that's just because he's he, he needs a proper run of game so hopefully that will um that will come in time. Um holy you know I know 
people love Holy, and I think he's he's a lovely bloke, and I could sit down and, and watch Holy for a five-hour interview and not get bored. But as a goalkeeper, I think he's really poor. I really do. And I know he made a few decent saves, and I know this time is where I go back to the... Um, was it the Shrewsbury game he made that penalty save? I can't remember what game it was. Um, and he, he's, he's been all right for us. He's been decent with us. But one thing I will say, and again, this is just my opinion, I feel a lot safer with Cornell and goal than I do Holy. I, I, I really, really do. Because he just frightens the life out of me. Not in, in and out of possession. He's just the kind of goalkeeper that, that just gives me a panic attack every time, I, every time he comes for a cross. I've mentioned it before, he's six foot nine, but for some unknown reason is is poor at collecting crosses. Um I don't know what Jimmy Walker's doing with him to to you know not improve his game like that. Don't get me wrong, Cornell's got issues as well. Um he's certainly not perfect and he's 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 not been outstanding this season, but I think Cornell is a lot more of a reliable reliable goalkeeper. Um so that is a position in the summer that he's addressing for me. Um because we aren't getting out of this league without a without a solid number one. Um, so yeah, I've gone on a little bit of a tangent, but in the main, uh, I was like like all of us, pleased with the Blackpool game, optimistic for the Peterborough game. Um, we've been brought quite harshly back down to earth, but I think we all know that we just there's something you know something in that team that. It's a mentality issue more than anything, and we've discussed it before, where any other team, when they go 1-0 inside five minutes, would, would push on and would and would think, right, we're 1-0 up now. We need to... People are always going to have a, a you know a, a period in the game where they dominate, because that's, that's how people are. They're a good team. But while we've got that five minutes where we scored in, in, the, in the early stages, we have to go and be ruthless then. But the kind of team we are, we just we're just incapable of doing it. Um and it's for me it's a mentality thing. And until um until that club has a complete reset from top to bottom, that isn't gonna change. Okay then. I wanna go back oh, oh Thomas. To Seg, sorry, sorry. Just a Seg. quick just a quick point about the goalkeepers. Um in hindsight, I have no idea why we let Gherkin go. I know he's flappy, but they're definitely these keepers, the three keepers we've had since we've gone down, have not been any better than Gherkin at all. Um, I'd rather be, I'd feel much, feel much more positive with Gherkin in goal in League One than I would the three keepers we've had here. No offence to Dave Corn, uh, Cornell or Holy, but I'm not going to say. I'm definitely offended Norris there, but um, but yeah, um, I don't understand that at all. Um, you know, there's much more confidence with Gherkin, and I wasn't his biggest fan, but. <laughs> I'd feel much more comfortable with Gherkin in League One than I have done these three. I think, I think Harvey's now started a, another topic to talk about. Um, <laughs> so if anybody else wants to mention anything else, I want to go over to Ben um, next to talk about the, the big elephant in the room. Um, it's already been brought up, you know, during people's chats. But um, Lambert, no show, press. Once again, he loves talking to BBC Focus and, you know, Sky Sports and talking about, you know, Champions League and all that and Celtic. But he had no show for the Peterborough game. He's missed a few press conferences. He has been ill, to be fair to him. But when your team's just lost against another promotion rival, you've got, you got to speak to the press, man. Uh, what's your take on that? And, uh, yeah, go ahead. 
I think he's. This is all part of the plan. I, 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 I mean, he's horrendous at planning anything on the football pitch. But I generally think that he has sat down with whoever would, you know, whoever he sat down and has got any patience to listen to him for more than five minutes. And um, and he's thought, no, I'm gonna. I'm. This is the way I'm gonna do this. They've criticised me. They've said this about me. That you know, he, he must know the fans aren't happy. You know, he's. He's many things, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's stupid because he managed to get the Ipswich job in the first place after a terrible recent record in management. So he's obviously not stupid, or maybe we're the stupid ones, Marcus Evans, etc. But he, I do think he just thinks this is his grand plan to take the pressure off him. You know, he. I think I said to you like off air last night, Ross, that I think he knows that will be the focus now instead of talking about how crap we were on the pitch. People will see that Lambert's not talking to the press and that'll be the main topic of the night. Um, even go as far to say as Stuart Taylor's gone, oh, Paul, Paul, what do you want me to say? Oh, just tell him the usual dribble that we were good and unlucky and we should have got a point. I mean, absolute garbage. I mean, that's the thing that annoys you most is even when they do come out and talk to the press is they treat us like absolute imbeciles. So I'm sure everybody on this call has either watched football for many years or played football themselves to a decent standard and knows that we haven't reflected a decent football team for months, possibly over a year, you know, and we keep hearing this absolute nonsense, whoever does come out and do the press, that we're, you know, that we're a work in progress, there are green shoots, it's just a blip, like all this absolute rubbish. And we've got, we've just sort of gobble it up and get on with it because, you know, apart from the local press, who I think do a fantastic job, we don't have a voice, you know, and it, it's got so far down the line that, you know, they've called for, Lambert to be sacked, which we all know is, the, is, I think, the right thing to do. The club needs a change. We need someone to get hold of this squad, which is far too big, by the way. And that's another subject probably to get on to. And, and probably another reason why we're not performing on the pitch, because you can't possibly keep that many players happy. But the contempt that he shows to professional people, you know, I mean, it can't be fun for your colleagues, Ross, to go all the way to Peterborough, watch a crap performance, be absolutely freezing get back to Ipswich or, you know, wherever their homes are, you know, one, two in the morning. You know, that's not fun. They're doing it because it's a career, in, you know, it's a profession and they should be shown some respect by the club and that, um, you know, unfortunately for us, the custodian of the club at the moment who should be speaking to the press is Lambert. Um, it, it's one of the things that actually makes me really angry, the fact that he's just getting away with it. Um, and he's gone from, I mean, RRP, PR, Paul, I'll say at that point, and you can pass on someone else because I just get more angry talking about it. Well, um, Bloomers, um, your take on this? Uh, you know, it's we're league, we're a League One club. You know, we're League One media. It's, it's like it's Brenner, Stu, your reaction when you found out Stuart Taylor was going to be doing the press, and Paul was uh, yeah holding away. Yeah, I, I, and I get that there's only a few. Um, uh, journalists like full-time current in the club. Um, the one thing I would like to have though had though, and I understand why it probably wasn't asked. The one question I really would like to have been asked by Brenner or Stuart or someone last night would be, um, why are you doing this? Where's Paul? Say it in a nicer way than that, obviously. But like, um, anyways, that's that's not what I was going to uh, talk about. I, I wondered how I was going to feel actually um, today, having been obviously angry last night and waking up in the morning, because I'm not normally the ang the angry type um ben's just lit a fire under me because of everything i was thinking of has been vindicated and i knew i wasn't the only one thinking about it anyways um we've had incompetence in the past before uh from from managers 
Um, every club has. No club in their history has had, you know, smooth sailing all the way through. I mean, even Liverpool had bloody Roy Hodgson uh, in, mo in modern history, like, let alone them get actually relegated into the, the second division back then when it was. Every club has had incompetence. Incompetence can almost be accepted to a degree and then normally it gets not accepted and then they leave. Um, this is a lot more insidious than that. And I don't know a better word of saying of I don't know a better word to describe it than insidiousness because this it goes beyond even Paul Lambert. You have an assistant manager coming out and coaches and other, and, and Jimmy fucking Walker on on Twitter as well. Um, you have Ipswich Town uh, professionals representing the club lying to you to to you Ross and members of the media. To us, the fans, it's almost as if because no one's allowed in the ground, they sort of think that we can't get a full grasp on the way things are because we're watching through a TV screen or a computer screen. And it's bollocks. We can. We have sets of eyes. We're blessed with the gift of sight. People are getting lied to about this being, oh, you know, we played well or uh, we were unlucky to lose or the other team played lot. Peter play longboard. Have you ever had such bollocks in your life? It's 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 as if we're going to get brainwashed into thinking that we're wrong. And um, Paul Lambert has become, I don't know, people can say, oh, Paul Lambert's had COVID. Well, you know, he, so he doesn't do it. It's shite. It's absolute shite. If, if, if Nick McCarthy was on death's door, all right, okay, if he was on death's door, I guarantee he would still, if he had to, go out and do it. I know he missed, I just realised he missed the game once and we won 4-0 with Terry O'Connor and he obviously didn't do press that day. So maybe I'm going a bit too far. But you know what? No, there are men in the past who are represented at the Football Club. I certainly haven't agreed with them all. But with the possible exception of Roy Keane, who, by the way, it never got to this stage of Roy Keane, I would still say they would conduct themselves in a proper manner. They would still represent Ipswich Town Football Club to the best of their abilities. He is not doing that. He is picking and choosing when to speak to the media. And the only reason he's getting away with it is because this club is Ipswich, Ipswich Town. Ipswich Town is a, for the most part of their history, well-run, respected nationally, if not globally. Um, a family community club. Ipswich is a, it's in the name, Ipswich Town. This isn't a city. We're not a massive club. That's a whole other argument. We're not a massive club. We're a club that has well-respected values, has done well in Europe in the past, well beyond maybe what we should have done because we did things the right way with right men, with right people, with right managers and a fan base who, while might be small compared to other fan bases, are passionate about their club and will give people time because they are decent people who normally are decent people in return. This has, is a complete fracture of all of that. And it may, you can probably understand about how angry I'm getting right now because it makes me fucking sick. It makes me sick how things have gotten because this isn't Ipswich Town Football Club, the way that it's being represented by custodians at the moment who are doing just that, who actually are representing us because they're not in front of the camera. The only reason that Paul Lambert is still here and doing this whole charade and getting away with it is because it's just town. We as fans ha haven't, in the past been tough enough um, and that might upset people um, because people probably think that we shouldn't protest do this that and the other unfortunately it's gotten to that stage and that extends to 
people moaning and bitching and whatever on Twitter. And then as soon as Planet Blue drop a new share, it sells out like hotcakes. It, it goes, it, it shows the loyalty that we have. But at the end of the day, you need to step up, look around you and realise how bad it's gone. OK, I live in London. I don't go to every single game, not every single game. I just think uh, for uh, 16 years I had a season ticket for. I haven't had it for the last five. Still went to 10 away games uh, in a season and probably the same amount of home games from London. I, I won't go again. I won't go again if Paul Lambert is in charge and I can go to games anymore. Will I join the blue action protest? I will. I will join the protest because at the end of the day, it's gotten to the point where drastic, and I mean drastic action, needs to be done. It's not, it's not good enough. You lot, as fans, as much as loyal as we are, we can do something about it, but you, we, we have to start doing it. And unfortunately, because um, Paul Lambert still thinks that he can get away with this all because he currently has the backing of the owner, and he does because the owner's an idiot, we have to then somehow manage to change that cause of action. The only way you can do it is with your pocket. Uh, at, the end, at the end of the day, it's a very weird situation right now because um, of COVID and not being able to go to games. But when you can... Jesus Christ, make your voice heard and, and do it with actions as well. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on for this long. I'm not normally one to even get this animated, but this has been building up for a long time. And actually, the times I spoke to you, Ross, I've been wanting to say something like this, but it's never sort of been the right time. And I, I've not let it get myself get carried away. Um, but yeah, you lot will expand upon what I've said. I'm going to quickly just pop off to the loo and calm myself down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 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 well said, Loomis. Um, nice round of applause for you. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans will will agree with what you said. Um, Segs, um, I'm sorry to say this. I don't know. If, I don't think you're going to be able to top that. Um, <laughs> don't think anybody could. Um, you know, your take on Lambert not turning up to press, and you know what's been said over the last few months. Just firstly, I'm glad that Bloomers has disappeared now because I was feeling like at one point there's going to be a fist come through the screen and I was going to end up with a black eye. <laughs> but no, I completely understand why um, it's completely, completely, um, completely understandable. I mean, it's it's gone on for too long now with, with Lambert and everything like that. So, um, but for me, I don't. I think Ben kind of alluded to it at the end of when, end of his part before Bloomers spoke. Um, you've got a manager here who, when he first came here was doing all his PR bullshit, getting us all on side. It's kind of like he's kind of forgotten all that now because um, it's gone completely the other way. He's spouting rubbish after the games about us being brilliant. You know, we played really, really well. Couldn't ask for no more. Really proud of the lads. When we've seen it ourselves that it's not the story. It's completely different to that. Um, there's only a couple of times where maybe you could agree with him, Blackpool being one of them. But it's... It's just, um, you know, what's happened to that PR stuff that was happening is that he's not trying to get us back on side. It's pushing us away more. Um, it's the way I see it. And in terms of him not turning up yesterday, he's obviously just got to be in his bonnet with, with the media guys because of them turning on him. It's all that can be said about it. Um, I don't agree with him sending Taylor out. I know the only, the only other manager I can think about who did it consistently was Fergie. And that's for the BBC guys. But apart from that, it's, it rarely happens. And I'm not one for always listening to it after the game. If I listen to both BBC Suffolk, especially when we used to live in Framlingham, travel back to home after the games, back when we had a, a kind of dual keen gym, always used to listen to it on the radio, with, you know, on the Suffolk coverage. But I don't always listen to it at the moment, especially with, you know, what it's going to be like after every game. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was stupid. He's, he should be 
coming out talking to the media, especially after he doesn't you know doesn't feel any pressure. Um, he obviously does because he'd be he wouldn't be scared of Brenner and Stewart if not. So um, you know they're not no disrespect to him, but they're not the they they are relaxed. They will ask. They don't always ask the tougher questions, which perhaps sometimes they should. But it it it's just how it is here, and um, got no qualms with that. And what Taylor said though, it was almost like he's just been told a load, tell him a load of crap because once again we've had to basically hearing the same thing again. You know, I think there's one thing that he said that it doesn't matter if we're not beating the top teams as long as we get points from the bottom teams. What <laughs> we're not. The thing is, this season we're not. When we lost to Swindon, we lost. You know, we drew against MK Dons when we beat them last season, and we're we're now sitting eleventh. And our form is, I think, it's relegation form. I think someone said according to PBG, it's it's just not good enough. And the longer this carries on, you can say we're good all you like. The fact of the matter is, our form is going downhill, and we're going down the table, we're getting further further away from the playoffs, and. What you're spouting is just rubbish. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm not going to go as much of a rant as Tom because <laughs> I've uh, felt it in the past. But um, yeah, we'll move on to good old Liam. Um, you've heard what Ben Bloomers and Segs have had to say. Um, you know, what's your take on Lambert? You know, not turning up and everything that's been going on in terms of the press-wise, because this is, you know, last year, I know we weren't doing so great, but he, it sounded like, you know, Lambert pretty much turned up to his press conferences pretty every, much every week, even when we were struggling again. But this year, it's been a whole different story. Um, I, I think it's just a mess. I, I really just don't understand what's what's been going on, really, with that. Um. I've said to you before the TWTD that it's quite a strange thing because they're not proper what you would call official press because it, it is it is mainly a fan forum. Uh, but I've done some work for Phil Ham um, and he's he's a decent guy. Um, and the fact that the club have been interacting with him and allowing him into press conferences and so on. I don't know why they've suddenly cut their own nose off despite their face. I think I think it's it's I mean, I think it's absolute bollocks that what they uh, the excuse was for that. That someone leaked the team on the forum. Well I'm sorry, but that is a member of the public who accesses the forum who has done that. That that that's nothing that Phil Ham can do about it. He cannot censor everything. So to ban him because of that, there must be something much bigger than that to ban him. I mean, I think I think it's just nonsense. And then what we've been treated to for the last couple of months is it's just it's just clueless. I mean, the first few times you can kind of. You can kind of feel sorry for him and you can kind of understand because he's had COVID and he's still not well and he's decided to wheel out one of his staff to do it for him. But, I mean, in that interview that he did with Football Focus, he said, oh, I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger all the time. Well, I know it, it, I know it affects people in different ways. But the fact of the matter is, is if he was not well enough to be manager of the football club, and had to stay at home 
because this has really hit him hard, then Frank, he, he, he shouldn't be anywhere near the football club. If he cannot speak to the press, then he can't be near the football club. It, it, it's, just, it's just madness. He doesn't want to front up for his own failings. That's that's what it is. Doesn't want to doesn't want to answer any really tough questions. He's he's very he's never been good with the press. He doesn't like it, um, which is a really strange thing for a football manager because it's part of your job. You have to interact with the press. The fact is, he, he he's getting asked tough questions. I. I I don't know how much of the, the the paper boycott against the paper at the moment is down to the fact that they've obviously called for his head, uh, and he may be doing that um, deliberately because he doesn't want to speak to speak to the lads. Um, but uh, Radio Suffolk, I don't understand that they've they haven't come out with any kind of agenda against him. Um, but there, it's everyone is is against him. But he keeps coming out with he makes itself worse. I I don't know what was worse actually last night. I don't know whether it's worse listening to Lambert come out and say all that, or just Taylor basically being his parrot and just basically regurgitating probably something that they rehearsed in the dressing room uh, to come out and do it for him. It's just absolutely bizarre some of the comments i mean the comment that we deserved the draw well no we've already said we could have been battered had it not been for holy the comments the, these comments about the boys played well what what are we supposed to be looking and enjoying about these games what what is it that we should what is it that they see that they think is good because I can't see our team being able to make any five-yard passes to each other, let alone actually string together some decent moves and, and break down opposition. It's just it's baffling, some of the stuff. Um, I think he does take it off the players. Um, but frankly, it is disrespectful to... The, to the press, well, to the local media, because he seems to have plenty of time for the national media. Um, but at the end of the day, he's not going to, he hasn't done himself any favours. His PR persona is gone. And that was the only thing that was actually good about his appointment in the first place, was the fact that he came out with PR, he got the club back together after a bit of a toxic period Um with obviously Mick and then Hurst, and it, it, suddenly it's disappeared because, as David said, I've said this a few times, his in-game management is horrendous. Um, and I don't think he's that good a manager, really. We, I, and I've said this before, his only reason why he had success with them lot up, up the road was because of Ian Culverhouse. They have fallen out. And since then, every job he has had, he has either left because he hasn't got what he's wanted and he's thrown the toys out of the pram, or he's been fired because he's shit. And frankly, as I said with, with beforehand, 
him and um, Evans have a good relationship because I think Evans likes the fact that he doesn't ask too many questions and, and doesn't really push too hard. So he can just sit back and carry on doing the little things that he does do. Um, and Lambert just goes on and says, yep, yeah, all good, all good behind the scenes, we're all good. And frankly, <laughs> it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost Ipswich in, in the long term. Um, I think fans, I, I've said this before, I think fans, um, uh, there's a lot of fans I know who are cons- re- really considering about what they're going to do next season in terms of season tickets. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know how this vicious circle breaks. Lambert can go, and I hope he does, and I really hope it's soon, but I, I have a really horrible feeling that he is here till the summer, whatever. Um, a new manager comes in, hopefully more competent. We get, we do better, but then the same issues will start creeping in because, frankly, the, the behind the scenes of the club is an absolute mess. So everything at the club is just diabolical, not just Lambert, but I, I do think that his, uh, his, his comments, it, it, it's, just, it's just another nail in the coffin or a, a, something more for a, another stick for us to beat him with because um, clearly now he's, he's just being a coward and doesn't want to front up for his incompetence. Fair play. Um, Segs, uh, take it away. What, what else you got to add? I don't agree that it's a yes man. I believe it's more the fact that he's he's got his contract extension and Marcus Evans is trying to justify giving the extension and keeping him his job. He's not a yes man. I don't believe that Lambert's a yes man at all. It's more the contract extension that's the problem. If he hadn't signed that contract, he'd be gone ages ago. Um, he's got he's tied down for another four years. Um, that's it boils down to the fact that Evans doesn't want to pay that um, for me. And secondly, um, I've been saying on game day and to other people since, I don't know, November, December 2019, the PR bullshit was just a cover-up for the fact that he was he knew that he couldn't keep us up and he was just trying to keep us on side for the League One and he wanted to you know, get us on side, we'll get relegated and then hopefully things go well in League One and for him, unfortunately, it hasn't. <laughs> and now we're just seeing some of us, uh, some of us earlier rather than later, have just seen that he's just dog shite. And the only, the only th- good thing that happened for him is to sign that contract extension, which was not good for us. Yeah, I um, don't really, yeah, he's, that's, that's I the mean, reason. I mean, I've, I've seen fans that have come out and said, "Why doesn't he do the, the, the honest thing and just walk away?" Well. I mean, I, I find that absurd. I, I find that absolutely absurd that fans are, are suggesting or trying to plead with him to walk away. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are losing their jobs left, right and centre. He's got a nice cushy job, regardless of the pressure. And that, that's, it's a lot more cushy than it was if we were all in the ground and booing him every 90 minutes that, that uh, we're attending. The fact is, he hasn't got the fan pressure. He's not going to walk away from a nice contract that he's got right now. It all comes back on Evans. And until he actually 
makes a decision, he's going to be here for at least, I think, until the summer. Um, and I, and then it all, it's just, it's too late again. And it all comes back to Marcus Evans again and his appalling kind of decision-making as an owner. Um, but that's that's a, a another wider debate for another day, I think. David, you've heard, um, you've been topped, I'm sorry to say. I don't know, possibly not topped, I don't know. But, um, you know, normally you are the king of the rants, but <laughs> Bloomers has topped you with that. Um, I'm sure you're going to echo what all the other guys have said. Um, your favourite person, Paul Lambert. Um, what's your take on the current situation? I'm sure you've, you've said loads of things about it anyway, but um, I'm, I'm sure I have, yes. Yeah. Um, Drew, pick up on a couple of things. I'm, I think that if if he was a half honourable person, he would walk away. And that's and I've had this argument on Twitter with people before. Is that if I was in that position, I would because if I'm not doing my job. You know, you go into whatever job you're doing and you think, I completely fucked that up. And you do that consistently. The, the art of getting better in any form of work is to reflect on it. So you've had a really good day and you go, well, how, why was that so good? OK, I can learn from that. If it's crap, you learn from it. It doesn't matter that it's crap, but you learn from it and don't do it again. And if you're consistently doing something really, really badly, I would walk away and I don't earn half a million pound a year. I'm fairly sure that Lambert could walk away and he wouldn't struggle to pay his mortgage and his gas bill wouldn't bounce next month. He's so it's not, it, it, it's not that he's going to be sitting there sort of going, oh, my God, if I lose this job, then uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to feed the kids. It's not like somebody losing a job in, in sort of, you know, doing a normal thing. Um, so I think that's bollocks. I think if he was an honourable man, he'd look at it and go, I'm not, I'm not doing well here. I'd walk away. There are football managers who've done it. But... The reason why I think he's there for the duration is on account of the fact that Evans is a stubborn bastard. And you know the statement that he put out where he blamed us for it and then mealy-mouthed, half-apologised by saying, oh, I'm really sorry if somebody got offended. Um, handbags. Um, that's it. Basically, he's sitting there going, yeah, well, you wanted Hurst out. You wanted Evans out. It's your fault. I'm not doing anything. And it's, it's about him stubbornly proving himself right so um until such time as he gets so bad that even evans has to um sort of turn around and go yeah i did get that one wrong he's there that that's the thing my my problem with lambert no one of my no not even one of my my problem over this specific aspect of lambert being a complete cock end is the lies you know and this goes to um, Taylor the other day as well. It doesn't matter whether he turns up or whether he doesn't. I mean, he's pathetic for not turning up. It's part of his basic job. Um, uh, having COVID is no excuse. You know, John's been, John's had it. John's still going to work as a head teacher and talks to far more people than having sort of a 20 minute chat with Stuart Watson and a cosy one to one with Brenner once a week. Um, he's got three, 400 kids to talk to. He's got staff. He's having to do that all the time. There are lots of teachers, there are lots of people in all sorts of other walks of life who go back to work with um, long COVID. Michael Rosen was hospitalised for, what, 71 days in intensive care and he's back on the radio. Um, and he's in his late 70s. So I'm sorry, I just don't give a... If he's not well enough to talk to Brenner Woolley, then he can fuck off and sit in a room and re recuperate and let somebody competent do the job. No sympathy whatsoever. 
Um, even if his hair does still hurt, fuck off. Um, it's the lies. I, I can accept a defeat. I don't mind that. The manager comes out and goes, yeah, that was shit. We didn't play well. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. We didn't do the other. I don't want them to throw a player under the bus. I don't want them to turn around and say Wolfenden was crap or Downs was crap or um, El Mazzuni or Dobra or pick McGavin, pick any one of the young players. I don't want them to throw in a player under the bus. I don't want them to pick on somebody for missing a shot. I would just want a, an overview of a performance which says, that was really good. That was really crap. We've got things to learn on. That's just basic honesty. It's treating, and somebody said it, it's treating us as if we are idiots. And managers have done this for decades. It's not just Lambert. They seem to think that because we're supporters, we play and we stand on the terraces and we watch, we don't know anything about football. They're the experts. They're on the training ground. We do know stuff. We can see things that are going wrong. We understand tactics. We, we talk about it at length, about tactics, about systems, about tweaks, about different roles. We read it. We've, there are books about tactics. There are videos about them. People play the game as well. It's patronising nonsense to turn around and say that Peterborough result, the Peterborough game, it should have been a draw or any number of other things. And that's my problem. Be honest. If it's a shit performance, turn around and say that wasn't good enough. I hear it from other clubs and other managers. You know, there are other clubs and other managers in far worse positions. Chris Wilder hasn't shirked any of his press conferences this season. He's up for it, even after they, got, they, they were bottom of the table with no wins in 20 games. You know, that was a, an appalling situation. You had McGoldrick with top scorer with three goals at that point. Oh, that sounds familiar, but... <laughs> it, you know, other clubs have got managers who turn around and, and, and are prepared to face their responsibilities and be honest. That's my problem. It's the lies. Um, it doesn't matter to me whether Lambert does it or Taylor does it, really. They, it's a rotation round. That's cool. But be, be a little bit honest about it. That's what gets on my tits. Uh, it's lies. He's a liar. Um, he, he's not telling alternative truths or different perspectives. He's lying. Um, and he's patronising shit. Can I uh, say one other thing? Just to have a little rant. Um it's, a, it's about the whole season ticket thing. And this is, I, I've been involved in a variety of spats about this over the last little while. I've been a season ticket holder for, I mean, my first season ticket holder, season ticket was back in the 1980s. We've seen through John Duncan, which I did protest against, but I was still a season ticket holder. I was there and sort of like through Lyle, through all of those things, through McGiven. And if we ended up in the National League and we were fighting Aldershot for relegation from the National League, then I would still be there as a season ticket holder. That does not make me some sort of happy clapper. It doesn't make me happy with the situation. It does not make me less of a supporter than somebody who takes their ball home. And it really, really gets up my ass and pisses me off when sanctimonious assholes turn around and say that the only way that you can um, demonstrate your support for the club is to walk away from it. It's not. Lambert is a temporary parasite bleeding out half a million pounds of the year and fucking the club over. The club is going to be there before. We've had brilliant managers. We've had crap managers. 
The club carried on after the brilliant managers. The club carries on after the crap managers. And I am going to be there week in, week out, the moment I possibly can. I will go on any um, campaign you like. I'll sign things. I will boo. I'll hold a banner. I'll do all of the above. But I'm still going to be on the terraces because it's my club. And that's what I do on a Saturday afternoon. And I resent. And I'm, I'm particularly riled up by this at the moment because I'm. I've, I've been having discussions today, all day about this on Twitter and it's getting on my nerves. I am not less of a supporter because I won't walk away. I am a supporter. And if you want to do that, then cool. Great. That's your thing. But don't judge me as a supporter of nearly 40 years because it's my club and I will be there week in, week out, regardless of what's going on. Simple as that. Sorry. Rant. Oh, well said, David. Well said. Um, I've got some hands up. I'm going to go over to good old Bloomers. Um, you're, you're taking what David said as something that he said that you want to add to? Not so much that I want to add to. It's more a, a question to him. Um, although I do think he partially answered it with, I think, one of his last sentences. Um, would he agree that if one is a season ticket holder who would decide to not be a season ticket holder for the next season when that, that choice comes. Um, is that the biggest statement that one person can make? And if they do do that, but then wish to come back at a further time, that is a statement that they've made that they're, that they're not they're allowed to make, sort of even to have their own opinion, but one that they can do and make it an effective statement. I think it's potential... Stuart talked about it on the main pod that um, it's one of the things that um, the club look at and there aren't that many season tickets being cancelled. Um, I mean, if, if somebody feels that's the best way of doing it for, the, for them personally, then cool, go for it. That, that's your decision. And I'd have no problem with people who are struggling with the concept of going and watching that crap football or anything like that. Or that they've got, you know, other commitments because time is going to be trying and things like that. That Everybody makes their own decisions. My problem is the moral judgmentalism that are coming from some people that because we all want Lambert out, if you are still paying your season ticket money and if you are going to renew, and I will be renewing, um, then you're in some way part of the problem. That's my thing. The problem isn't the season ticket holders. The problem wasn't the season ticket holders when Keane was here or Jewel was here or John Duncan was here. That's not been the problem then. And it it's um it's it, it's a way of do, being divisive. I think. I mean, we've we've got we've got a common goal, which is Lambert out to make the club a better place for us all to go and watch in a successful side. And I don't think don't think it's helpful to be um abusive yeah, that probably is the right word but to to be denigrating to be abusive towards fans who have a different opinion um under john duncan i went on protests and i went over oh, pitch invasions with banners and all of those things i was a young man then i probably wouldn't do that now i might do but I probably wouldn't because it's cold out and I can't be asked. Um, if I was at the ground and there was a, a pitch invasion like there was under John Duncan, absolutely, I'd be straight on the pitch doing that. But pitch invasions aren't um, in fashion these days. People get into trouble for them. 
So, you know, there, there's there are an awful lot of ways of doing it, and you make your own judgment. That's my thing. If somebody here, if, if, if there are five other people here who are going to cancel their season tickets, then cool, do your thing. But don't judge me who wants exactly the same thing for the club because I'm not. Because for me, a Saturday is about going to the football. I miss football during um, international breaks. I miss it during the summer. I have hated this year not being able to go to the ground. It is part of, you know, the whole route is the routine. It's, but it's also, and it doesn't matter to me if we can lose, but it's still better than not being there. You know, that being bottom of the table in the championship and losing, that is better than this season of not being in the ground because it's part of who I am, um, is, is that I go to football. I think that's a, I think that's a fair enough answer. I think uh, we won't take up any more of the time on this. Uh, Ross, please book this one-on-one -on -one with uh, me and Dave uh, and film it. Because I think we're on slightly different viewpoints on that topic. And it's a really good topic. And unfortunately, it's one we're having at the moment. Um, we don't want to have it. But yeah, I, I, I never, personally, I mean, I, I might have actually used the term happy clappers in my rant. I would never personally abuse someone for doing that. But I do feel that if you are on the side that, of wanting change and everything else like that, however you would then proceed to protest or whatever, it's kind of cut, you know, to spite your face and that you're pumping the money in continuously. But I understand that. You see, I, I take it the other way is the fact that my um, cancelling my season ticket, not going and things, it, the only person that's harming because there's 10,000 people going, there, whatever it is, is a drop. If I don't go, the person is harming is me because I am not doing something which is important to me. I would be having my after my Saturday afternoons, my Tuesday evenings, sort of. You know, I, I even go down for um, the what the whatever the checker trade trophy under twenty three games and things. I'm I'm there for those. You won't find a home game where I'm not there, and that for me it would be damaging me rather than the club. It it would be a. a, a an act of self-harm. So, I agree with David there. You know, it's all routine, you know, and also, secondly, um, I, I'm not saying that it's you bloomers, but I do find it patronising with some fans who tell us how to spend our money. You know, it's our own finance. We've decided to pay for a season ticket. You know, if we want to pay for a season ticket, we'll pay for a season ticket. We still want Lambert out for the good of our club. It's got nothing to do with whether we're us is paying for a season ticket or not. Um, it, it can be... Unfortunately, this year we can't voice our opinions in the ground because we can't be there. And I think that's part of the reason why Lambert's still here. Um, but, you know, it's, it is our money at the end of the day. So if we want to pay, and I paid for it in full at the beginning of the year, so there's no point in me cancelling it now because I'll probably, I'll probably get a better refund by not cancelling now than what I will if I cancel. So what's the point in me cancelling when I get a refund for not going to the games? You know what I mean? It's no, just absolutely. I, I think, absolutely, I'm, I'm just, for me... It's it's not about it's more in terms of everything else failing in terms of trying to protest and make a song and dance on social media or whatever about wanting a change to it. Unfortunately, it seems like it's the final for me. It would be the final, like the final act, the final way of getting your point across. And in my opinion, it's the most clearest message of all because there aren't going to be people to replace your seat. Unfortunately, because if there was, we'd have thirty thousand three hundred and eleven at every match uh, in post COVID times.
But I want to go over to Matt and Harvey um, because we haven't heard from them for a while. Um, so I'm going to go over to you, Matt, quickly. Um, you know, a lot of it's been covered in the Paul Lambert no-show. What's your take on what, you know, uh, Bloomer's questioned David, you know, about, you know, the, the, his decision and stuff and just that question in general and what Segs has said as well and just that discussion. Um, just mould it in, all into one, Lambert and, you know, seeing tickets and all that. Well, it's got lively, hasn't it? And it's 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 really, really good to see because um, I know that um, this pod has been accused of being slightly neutral. Are we connected to the club? All of that crap, usually from the same people that uh, accuse people like me uh, of, of, of being a happy clapper because I'm not demanding people go and phoning up Radio Suffolk and shouting down the phone, Paul Lambert has to go. Well, you know what? It's 2021. Things are a little bit more sensible, uh, uh, complicated, and um, maybe a little bit more thought needs to go into it. But the Paul Lambert no-show, absolute shit show. Couldn't believe it when I saw, I think I saw, was it a tweet from Stu saying Paul Lambert's not doing the press conference? And I'm like, fuck's sake, what's wrong with the man? Um, Yeah, he's had COVID. Uh, He then had pneumonia. I was hospitalised with pneumonia um, for a week. It took me six months to recover. That was nine um, long years ago. I do think if he was that bad, he wouldn't be managing and we'd um, and somebody else would be doing it on a caretaker basis or, or Taylor Gill, etc., etc. So this whole, it seems to me like he's trying to build like a bit of a, is it a trench like mentality? I'm, I'm not quite sure what the right um, phraseology is behind it, but long, you know, um, I think Liam said RIP, PR Paul. When he came in, Nobody was a massive fan. He's Norwich City's most successful manager after all. But, you know, being a sensible grown-up, I thought, you know what? This guy's got a lot of balls coming here. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a chance. And, you know, I was, I was swung um, by his, or swayed uh, by, his, by his charm. You know, when he got the legends in, when he had his photo done with, um, with, um, with, with the noisy lot in the Sir Bobby Robson uh, lower, I thought absolutely fantastic, but it's just absolutely fallen apart. And like and like David said, it's um, you know, it's um, where's it, where's it, where's it gone wrong? But yeah, this whole kind of thing about cancelling season tickets, I get it, but I I think I think if we weren't in a, in a pandemic and people weren't dying, and 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 we we weren't having the massive problems that we were, we wouldn't be seeing. You know, people wouldn't be tearing up the season tickets like they did in the 80s and refusing to go. It's just, it's almost like an absent-minded thing, you know, because we're not there and, oh, I can cancel my season ticket by by pressing a button. And like David said, yeah, fair play to those people. But, you know, if if and when Lambert goes, I think he will go. Um, will he go? Will he go at the end of the season? Are we going to have to endure this? Are we going to have this chat every single week? Are we going to be having the same game day chat? I don't know, but uh, like I said last week and, and the week before, we are owned by one of the one of the richest people in the country who does PR and corporate hospitality and charming people, getting people in, spending money, and we are so shit as a club, and it's it's embarrassing. And and Ipswich Town commercial department stole my catchphrase. It's not it's not mine. It's come from the government. I was very excited to read an email or see an email in my inbox today. Ipswich Town, hands, face, space. I thought, excellent. It's happened. He's gone. No, they're trying to sell me a scarf and a snood. 
<laughs> I don't want that. I just want, I, I just want change, and I, and I don't want you know Stuart Taylor. He's all right. I prefer Matt Gill. Matt Gill's a little less robotic, and I think these these press conferences, it's almost like they're trying not to upset the players. Oh, we did really well. Couldn't ask for any more. Well, what did you ask for? Because they clearly didn't do it. You know, the other night we couldn't string more than two passes together. I don't know. We'll move David, on. we'll move on. Yes, that's exactly the thing. Is the fact that most press conferences across every single league are just full of shit. They're they're they're, they're because they're all media trained. They don't say anything. They're sort of it's anodyne. You know, yeah. Um, it was uh, it was a good performance by the boys, uh, and uh, of course they they uh, there's a one or two knocks, and uh, yeah, we go again. You know, it, it's you don't hear anything, but when you hear the absolute opposite of what you're watching with your own eyes that's the problem um i don't i don't actually expect to hear anything insightful from a press conference i i expect to hear insightful things from a manager who's been sacked and is then sitting on a, a bench doing some tactical analysis you know the cowley's little videos have been fantastic but, it, but in game press conferences they're pointless they're, they're sound bitey and then they're but my problem is is you know like I was saying, it's it's about saying the opposite of what we all see. You don't need to say the opposite of what you see. Just just hurl some pointless sound bites out there about working hard and going again, and then everybody would just go, okay, fine. <laughs> then this wouldn't be a discussion point if you weren't lying. Hmm. Go with Harvey because he's the last guy to to go to to talk about. Um all the different topics and debates that have been brought up during this um, original, of course, chat about Lambert missing the press. Uh, what's your take on what's been said? Um, you, of course, you're on a different boat yourself. You know, you're you're in Wales. Um, you can only get to a few away games, a few home games a season. Um, what's your take on everything? Yeah, well, I've been sat back and I have to say it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant lesson to, to hear everyone's everyone's opinions um i'll start with the whole season ticket thing i i am sitting on the fence in terms of i can see both both sides but i can only go off kind of my personal experience as you just you just picked up on there because i live five and a half hours away from it which on a good day um i don't get to portman road as much as i'd like um it's a, a dream of mine to have a season ticket and to be able to go to Portman Road every week and to be able to finish work on a Tuesday night and go to Portman Road for, for seven o'clock. I'd love to do that. Um, and I, I'd probably be in the camp of, of, of David in terms of as much as I complain and as much as it infuriates me and as much as we're all feeling unbelievably deflated, um, it's it's something to look forward to. It's... it's um, it's it's helpful with all sorts with with mental health with 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 everything, you know. It can be um, it can be a real release. So um, I, I can see both ends of it. I can I can completely understand the side of it. Of you want to make a statement, and um, you know some people feel that that statement can be made by by tearing up a season ticket by you know whether that might be uh, you know not purchasing a shirt that season wherever it may be 
I can understand both sides of the spectrum. The reality is I'm not in that situation, so I, I'm not probably not best to... Um, my opinion probably isn't, isn't best in terms of that, but regarding away games, which you mentioned that I, I go to more, more often than not, um, even if we were we were bottom of, of League Two with, with Ronald McDonald in charge, I'd still want to go. Um, so that that wouldn't change for me. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I and I, and I get both sides of it. Um, about the the whole Lambert and the and the not turning up for press, I think the most damning thing for me was I saw it and I saw Stu's tweet, and I wasn't surprised. I really wasn't, and for something like that, usually for me, it's like, oh. That's a bit. That's a bit odd. Why is he? Why is he not done that? But I saw it and, and laughed to myself because I thought that just doesn't baffle me anymore. Um, someone made I can't remember who it was. Someone made a really good point regarding, you know, Premier League managers who, granted, they're at bigger clubs, so they've got bigger responsibilities. But these managers have to speak to, you know, I don't know, Talk Sports, Sky Sports, BBC News, Five Live, whoever it might be. They've got various various news outlets they have to speak to. They're contractually obliged to speak to, regardless of whether they've won five 0 or lost five 0 So, you know how he's continuing to to get away with this this behaviour is just it's it's unbelievable. You know the bloke's on half a million pound a year, and he's and he's and he's not fulfilling. His his contract. It's as simple as that. He's not not just on the football pitch, but you know he's he's picking and choosing what interviews he wants to do. He's all pally with them. Uh, I can't remember his name. On the bloke off Football Focus when he's talking about um, ball guy. Know, yes, I can't remember. Is it Mark Clement? I think that's his name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's he's all friendly with him when he's talking about testing and which is a, a valid point, but. I just, I just find it utterly, utterly strange how, how he'll continue to get away with, with not speaking to, what really is, a, a very, you know, we've mentioned already that we're not a massive club, so there's not a lot of people there. If we're being, if we're being truthful, but he's getting away with it every single week, um, and, I can only see that getting worse. It wouldn't surprise me if on Saturday, um, he doesn't. He doesn't turn up for the presser again. Um, so it's it's just the it's just the way it is. The whole atmosphere around the club is is turned completely toxic, um, and the one man that can do something about that is refusing to do it. So um, hopefully sooner rather than later that'll happen. But I, I get my hopes up every time. I'm gutted every time we lose, but then I'm getting my hopes up thinking, well. Is it the start of, of maybe you know something something new, a fresh start? But every time I, I look at my, my Twitter the next day and nothing's changed. So until that happens, it's it's going to be exactly the same thing. I think I'm in the camp of, of a lot of people now where if we won the next 10 games, beat five promotion rivals, I'd still be in the Lambert out um, side of it. I don't know about anyone else, but that's just my, my opinion now. It's, he's... he's um, it's it's gone too far now, and, and we have to change it for me. Okay then, and uh, 
Is that is that a race ham, Matt? I know you pressed the button. Is that yeah? Okay, I'll go over to you, Matt, and then we'll go over to Liam. I know he's been waiting for a while. Sorry for the wait, Liam. I'm sorry. You, you'll forgive me. I know you will. Um, but yes, Matt, take it away. Cheers, Ross. Two things. It's very telling after the Blackpool game where um, he was asked um, after the game about Jambo uh, being uh, dropped, and he instantly came out and had a go and said. Um, you know, you agreed with Dan, Dan Palfrey, the uh, player relations manager at the club, not to ask that. Uh, I don't thought that was that was that was a massive slip of the veil. And secondly, what's the worst thing that would happen if on the pregame um, on, on, on Friday, somebody did come out and say, Paul, is there any reason why you didn't give a post game? What, what is the worst that could happen? Is he going to is he going to? Like make himself look like a massive twat and storm off because that would be very, very telling. And that is something I'd absolutely love to see. I'd love it, as Kevin Keegan said. Oh, so a lot has been said tonight, and I've enjoyed it. I love listening to all of you guys, your points and stuff. Um, by the way, we're, we're playing Shrewsbury. Um, Shrewsbury, sorry, um, this weekend. Oh. I even, I even prepped myself saying that, but uh, I can never say it properly. But yeah, um, of course, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, we've also got Northampton. They recently sacked their boss, uh, Keith Cole. Um, so they're going to be managerless, possibly, when we face them. Don't know, it depends if they do appoint anybody. Uh, but Ben, <laughs> a lot has been said since I last spoke to you. Um, two big games coming up. Uh, well, that's, that's always going to be the, the question, you know, big games, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but how are you feeling going into these ones? They are, they are. We need to win these games, uh, even if we are Lambert out and all that. At the end of the day, if we want to get out of this league, we've got to beat these teams. How do I feel? I feel like we could skip the next seven days, probably have a very similar chat to what we've been having chats about as Ipswich fans for the last six months, because we'll probably get a point or maybe lose Saturday and then beat Northampton and then we'll just be where we are anyway. You know, I, Shrewsbury are a good team. They're on a good run. I think three wins out of the last five. They beat Sunderland um, recently, obviously breaking Sunderland's um, fantastic away form, even though Sunderland have drawn more games think, than any other, anyone else in the division put together. Um so, yes, it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah, as I said, they're in good form and we're not in good form. We're, we're up and down, mainly down. Um, there's no doubt we've got the players and the capability to beat Shrewsbury. Um, I think that the, the pitch, everyone talked about Peterborough and the pitch, the pitch at Shrewsbury's ground, I think is pretty good. So that's not going to be a factor at all. We can, we can get it at the back and play it around for 50 minutes and uh, not go forward, which is uh, so we'll be comfortable doing that. Um, and then, you know, perhaps we will be able to perform a little bit of magic if Norwood and Parrot are on the pitch or if Parrot comes in and smacks an in, one in from 25 yards and maybe we will snatch a win or snatch a late draw or something. Um, I'm inclined to be positive because that's just my nature as a person anyway. I sort of think look, we might go and get a win. And then, yeah, and then when against Northampton and then there'll be the pressure off Lambert. But I still, no matter what happens, the next two results, like everybody said tonight, I'm, I'm completely see no future for this club in terms of moving forward, getting promoted out of League One with Lambert in charge. I just don't see, even, even if he did do that, he, he's just created too much of a hole for himself to climb back out of it um, in regards to the relationship with the, fan, with the majority of fans, I think. 
Um, so my prediction, Ross, that you asked what we're thinking of the game is that we'll, I think we'll draw on Saturday and win against Northampton, but we won't be any any better off really because you know the results going up and down in this league all the time. Um, we need to put a good 10 game, 15 game run together where we only lose a couple. And I just don't see us being capable of that. So that's, that's where my thoughts are on the upcoming games. Okay, then. Um, Bloomers, I love Sanat now. I'm enjoying Sanat. <laughs> New favorite we can say. Um, two games. Um, yeah. What, what, what are you feeling? Um, I'm sure you're feeling the same as you were last week going into Blackpool, Peterborough. Blackpool, winnable game, Peterborough. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, and then these, are, I don't know, a bit different, really, because they're both in the bottom half. But, you know, we lost against Swindon, who were in the bottom, bottom, bottom I think, 23rd. Um, but, yeah, how are you feeling going into these? I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird one because on Saturday now, there's a chance for Lambert to uh, revert to something similar to last Saturday's performance against Blackpool, whereby you don't make the change that you did for the Peterborough game, although then that means you admit that you got that wrong. Would you do that? That's a whole other subplot. Maybe I'm looking too far into it. God knows what. Um yeah, it's almost, it takes a back seat compared to the great issues at hand and the ones that are much more fun to discuss uh, right now when it comes to what's on the pitch. But it's a winnable game. It, every game is apparently a winnable game uh, on paper in League One, but this one certainly is, especially for an away game. I could possibly see something like a Plymouth away type game where it's very much on a knife edge. That red card of the Plymouth game then tipped it in our favour and we did just enough to win. Um, I'm not saying I foresee a red card, certainly not for Plymouth, uh, uh, sorry, Shrewsbury, but maybe for us if we don't keep our discipline in check, which seems to suddenly become a huge problem. Um, maybe the players are as frustrated as we are. Who knows? Uh, would I expect to see Matheson back? Hopefully. Um, I certainly don't think, you know, he didn't anything to be dropped uh, for his performance last Saturday. Um, yeah, Parrot and Norwood showed... Uh, some form of chemistry in the brief time that we saw them. Uh, obviously, both were involved in our goal on Tuesday night. Uh, obviously, Nord went off at half time. I assume he's not injured, but with us, who knows? He's going to be out for three months and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, Shrewsbury are a, a, a little bit of uh, form coming into this, as Ben said. I certainly think, though, that we shouldn't uh, fear it, but these are very strange times. That's so who knows? Northampton's on the Tuesday. New manager bounce, uh, as someone said, either at the start of this podcast or just before it. They, I assume, will have a new manager by then. It is the game that I predict us to win and the only game I predict us to win for the month of February uh, when we did the February preview. Um, I still think that that will be the case. Again, this is nothing to do with the strengths of Ipswich or how well we could play. It's, again, the ineptitude of those teams in the sort of bottom six or seven and that we seem to have just enough to beat those teams um that does not make any uh lightness out of everything else but yes we do seem to be able to beat those teams so yeah i, I say, say the same as, as what ben said maybe four points um i don't think six i don't think sort of less than three i expect maybe a draw on saturday maybe a win on tuesday but yeah, it's a, a drop in the shit-infested ocean that is this football team right now. So, 
let's just proceed with caution. Yes, um, then over to you then, Segs. Uh, I, I won't go remember against Strokes. We haven't played them for a long while, um, you know, at their place. Um, I remember going to the Carling Cup um, game when we won on penalties. Um, that was Shane Supple's last game. Um, uh, it's just it's mad to think we're playing them again. Um, actually, in a league game. But how are you feeling going into these two games? Um, I don't know why I keep saying, how are you feeling? Because we're we're pretty much feeling the same as we did last week because it's still the same situation. But um, anywho, predictions. I'm struggling with the Shrewsbury game. Um, to be honest with you, I I looked at the results um, partly because someone else mentioned on Twitter earlier. I can't remember who it was, but since 12th of December, they've beaten Lincoln, Hull, Doncaster, Sunderland, and one other, and uh, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, they've beaten five. Who? Peterborough. Yeah, they've beaten Peterborough. Yeah, Peterborough. So they've beaten those five teams. They're all top eight teams that we, or not Sunderland so much, but they're all teams that we can't beat. So that kind of shows just how mediocre we are and how shit it is for us at the moment. Um, Because they're teams that we should be beating as well if we want to get promoted. Um, But on the other hand, this is the kind of game where we perhaps will win because it's what we do in this league for some reason. We do manage to scrape a win against these kind of teams. But yeah, it's a difficult one. Um I'm feeling a draw. I think I'll go one one. One one for Shrewsbury and then obviously Northampton bottom of the table. Um they will have a new manager bounce, but I don't think it's gonna affect us. So I think we'll get four points out of after six and we'll We'll win 2-0 at Northampton, I think. Um, what Harvey said earlier with the fact that if we go 10 league games in a row unbeaten, winning all 10, I still want Lambert out. I mean, I remember one of the first podcasts we'd done back in September and I struggled then. Um, struggled then with Lambert still in charge. Struggled thinking about how the season was going to go, especially with how last season was. I mean, wanted him to hopefully get it right, but he obviously hasn't. But yeah, it's gone. It's too far gone now. Um, sick and tired of wanting them out. I know I said that on game day the other night, but it's got to the point now where it's just too far and just want them gone. <laughs> okay then. Well, David, um, you've heard Sig's predictions. Of course, he's top of the leaderboard for the game. That's also that's time. also why it's hard to predict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to keep uh, that time. Um, but you got you got you got to think with your heart. Then yeah, the exactly. Table. Yeah. But um, yeah. David, I was about to say, how are you feeling? Once again, I need to stop saying that. Uh, what 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 are you thinking going into these two games? Um, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, all that jazz. Take it away. The professional footballers, they don't hold with the sort of like, oh dear, they've got to play two games in a week. Yeah, tough shit. Um, I've got sympathy for tennis players who have to play um, five hours on their own on a, on one day and then a day off and then they play another five hours the next day. That's prop. That's right now. Bollocks. Shut up. Get on with it. Um, these two games, we should beat them both comfortably because we're up switch. We're going for promotion and we're a decent side. And oh, no, that's the parallel universe I live in. Um, Shrewsbury are much better 
um, than their league position suggests. We will lose. We will huff. We will puff. We will have 68% possession. We will commit more fouls than they will. And they will score just before half-time, just after half-time. And it'll be a 2-0 defeat. I'm sure it'll be brilliant, amazing, um, astounding. And one of the best performances that football has ever seen. But it'll be a 2-0 defeat. And Northampton, again, we should be because... And... (laughs) We're one of the biggest teams in the division and we're going for promotion. And blah, 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 blah. But I do actually think we'll beat those, but I think it'll be by a single goal. Um, I'm trying to decide between 2-1 and 1-0. Um, I think 1-0. And one win, one defeat will keep us pootling along in 11th or 12th place and keep the idiots in his job. OK, then. Uh, over to you then, Liam. Um, are you going... For a win, two wins, one win, a draw, defeats. What, what are you thinking? These two games. Well, I wish you wish you would ask me how I was feeling because I feel absolutely no motivation about wanting to watch these two games. But you will. Uh, uh, yeah, I probably will. Um, although we've got plenty of snow here, so we might go out snowboarding on Saturday. So I may miss it. Uh, do something fun for once. Um, but Shrewsbury is a hard one, as everyone has said. It is a difficult one to call because they, they have taken quite a few scalps um, in in a, the last few months. Um, and they weren't great when they came to Portman Road, but we were awful. And obviously we ended up getting that last-minute winner to get us out of jail, but we didn't deserve that. I mean, the goals we scored—that goal was decent, but the 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 um first goal came from basically just a, a lucky cross that ended up going in. Um, and that's the sort of thing that these are the teams we should be beating, and we should be beating like teams beat us, where we should have them at arm's length and be quite comfortable. But we don't do that. We, we, we've we not beaten, apart from the Blackpool game at Bloomfield Road, we've not beaten anyone with a decent scoreline where our dominance of the game has, has um, given a scoreline that's shown we've dominated. We've, we've scraped our way past... Burton twice, and they were by far probably the worst team we've played. It's just, it, 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 I think Shrewsbury will win. Um, I don't think, I was probably going to say 2-0, but I'm going to say 1-0 to Shrewsbury. I think I think uh, we'll try and keep it tight, but I think they'll win 1-0. Um, although I hope that he reverts back to the Blackpool team. Um, and you never know, we might see something different. Northampton, we should be winning. I, I like most of the others, I think, when we did our look at head of the month, saw this one as should be a nailed on three points. But, I mean, I think we'll win it, even if they have a new manager. But I'll be honest, our problem of still not being able to score more than one goal in most matches is still there. 
Um, and I think that we'll huff, puff, and we'll 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 do enough to win. We'll get one, but it it will be less than pretty. But uh, it'll be something that I'm sure Lambert will then come out to the press when he's won a game and uh, tell us how great it was. So uh, yeah, uh, three points from the next two, but uh, we're not getting promoted this year. It's an absolute pipe dream if if anyone thinks that's happening. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to these two games with the predictions so far. Yay. Um, Max, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I wasn't going to say this, but how are you feeling <laughs> getting into these two games? Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely really? forgot the late winner against Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury um, because, yeah, we, we absolutely robbed all three points there. We didn't deserve that. And, uh, yeah, are you thinking maybe they want to revenge that, that defeat? <sighs> I'm sure they've probably forgotten about it, to to be honest, Ross. I mean, um, I'm I'm feeling positive. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for uh, for any more. I'm sure the guys are gonna do great. Um, although at the moment my my hair is is slightly hurting. Um, I I do think we're gonna we're gonna see two wins. We're gonna start at all one nil uh, on Saturday. It's gonna be it's gonna be all right. I think they're gonna come and 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 shit houses a little bit. But yeah. You got to be, you got to be wary of a team in form, and they're taking some good scalps. And I, I was surprised when they got rid of um, their manager earlier on the season. But you know, the, the squad and the resources, we, we, it, it's almost like two different worlds. Our two clubs, but they're doing really well, and we, for some reason, the elephant in the room reason, of course, are, are not doing too great. And, and we're gonna, and we're gonna beat Northampton. And silly, happy clappers like me are going to get all excited because we'll be two points off sixth with, with two games in hand and it's going to be great. And then you'll realise that Paul Lambert's still in charge who hasn't uttered a word um, to any of the local uh, retail outlets. Um, and <laughs> Retail outlets, sorry. Press outlets. He's not speaking to John Menzies, is he? He's speaking to the East Anglian and Radio Suffolk. But, yeah, it's, it's not going to be convincing. And um, hopefully we'll see Tony Parrott score as well. So what, what's the scoreline for Northampton then? Oh yes, we're gonna we're gonna have two one nils. We can't score more than two goals, can we? <laughs> no, no, we can't. Oh, only only against Blackpool because Blackpool, yeah, they let us win. <laughs> oh yeah, apart um, from that, apart from yeah, that, apart from that, I have yeah. such a short memory, such a such a fickle, happy clapper, <laughs> so fickle. <laughs> Um, and then Harvey to finish it off uh, your predictions my friend um, uh, defeats draws against Shrewsbury Shrewsbury uh, and so far all wins somewhat against Northampton because they are in the bottom four uh, what were you thinking yeah weren't Swindon in the bottom four as well at the time we played uh, I, oh yeah shit uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I am in in a, in the the same camp as, as a majority. I think, um, I think Shrewsbury will beat us. I have to be honest. I, I really think they will. They're on a really, really good run of form where they've shown they can beat, um, they can beat promotion candidates. And I'm, and I'm certainly not putting us in that bracket at the moment. Um, we're, we're mid table. So if they can beat teams like Lincoln and Hull, they can certainly beat us. Um, they've made some really good additions. Uh, Shrewsbury, they've um, signed Harry Chapman on loan from, from Blackburn, who's a, who's a really good player. I think he scored 
four goals in four games or something like that. Um, and there's someone else they brought in. I can't think of the top of my head who it was, a central midfielder who um, who was a really, really good acquisition. That's going to really annoy me now. But um, yeah, I, I think that they'll beat us. I think they'll beat us 2-0. Um, I'd love to be more positive, but I, I really can't at this at this point. Um, motivation is, is, is a really, really... It can either go in your favour massively or it can swing the other way. And, and the way they're playing at the moment, Shrewsbury, um, they're you know they're doing really well with a manager who who bless him is still is still recovering from from COVID and we hope he recovers ASAP. Um, but with Aaron Wilbraham in, in kind of temporary charge, it's he's you know they're still doing really well. Um, so I think they'll continue their run. Um, Northampton. Interesting that they've got rid of Keith Curls today, got them promoted with, um, we discussed it briefly just before we started recording, with, with not a great style of play. Um, I seem to remember them having kind of seven foot five striker at front and them lumping it up to him for the majority of the time. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they line up, whether, whether they'll have a new manager by then. So um, I think we'll scrape that one. I can see maybe a 1 0 win for town in that one, but. Uh, I'm not confident for the Shrewsbury game at all. As I said, they've they've made some really good additions. I'm just seeing um, they've signed Matthew Pen- Pennington. Pennington's there now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who I think would would have done a more than handy job in if, for us. I, I I liked him when he was on loan. To be honest with you, um, so yeah, they've they've made some really shrewd signings, and they seem to be kind of flipping between a, a three at the back and a four three three. They've got that tactical flexibility, which. We've lacked so much this season, so um, yeah, I, I go. I'm going to go for a, a loss and a win, so um, three points, and that's me being generous, to be honest with you. There we go. What a show! Well done, gentlemen. Um, pat yourself <laughs> on the back for some fantastic chat. Um, ben, well done for making your debut. Tom Bloomer, sorry. Um, returning with that fantastic rant. Um, also the game day regulars, Segs, David, Harvey, Liam, and good old Matt, aka Vu from the U2. Um, it's been a wonderful show. If you want to get your voice heard, want to get involved in Game Day Extra Time, make sure to contact me at Ross Media UK on Twitter. It'd be great to get as many voices as we can on the podcast um, because there's a lot to say. Although it is like Groundhog Day and we are repeating ourselves all the time, but you know, that's the only thing we can do because we can't be in the ground. Uh, but yeah, two big games coming up. Um, don't know why I'm saying big games because every, every, every game is a big game um, and I'm sure will be very, very good. But anyways, I've been Producer Ross. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Archon, head to audiodoom.com slash channel.